Hello, everybody. Welcome to your favorite podcast. It's a Joycast. I'm your host, Amitera Su. And I'm joined today by two very special guests, Walkers92. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And Draco Lad. What's up, what's up, what's up? And today, we're basically going to be talking about the hottest topic in gaming right now, basically. Uh, no, I'm not talking about the next-gen consoles. <laughs> I'm talking about Xbox Game Pass. So... In our last episode, we talked about Xbox Game Pass and Bethesda and uh, Microsoft buying Bethesda, what that meant for the industry, and um, you know there was a lot of gloom and doom there. But today, we want to talk about Xbox Game Pass and you know the value um, it's providing to the industry, and you know to discuss about the merits of both arguments: is Xbox Game Pass going to be good for the industry, or is it going to be bad? I think it's probably going to lie somewhere in the middle. Um, as we spoke before, there are two there are two uh, there are two schools of thought. One. Xbox Game Pass is the best deal in gaming, uh, incredible value, and it's, gonna, it's so competitive um, from Xbox, such a huge innovation that's going to make other com- other companies set up and provide a better offering for consumers. Plus, for the price of two games in a year, you get access to an incredible library of games, a lot of new releases day one, all of the Xbox First Party Studios day one, game one, uh, day one which also includes Bethesda, st- wait, sorry, Zenimax Media Studios games, which includes Bethesda and many more. And... Uh, yeah, the preservation of video games, you know, the history of video games. And there's other argument that says it's bad for the industry because Microsoft is just throwing money at the problem and they have so much money that other people won't be able to compete. Other people cannot be profitable with this model. Um, It's going to change the way we we buy games. It's going to be no ownership, etc. We're going to talk about those two sides. And yeah, so the way I want to run this show today is uh, I'm gonna give everybody a chance to just talk about, you know, their thoughts on Game Pass, considering the two the two sides, and then we'll just discuss uh, completely and go back and forth. So, hit it off, uh, Workers 92. What are your thoughts on Xbox Game Pass? Um, firstly, let me say, I I think Xbox Game Pass is it's it's a very very amazing proposition because let's be honest, video gaming is a very expensive hobby, especially if you're living in a place like Nigeria, for example. Um, sure. What it does is allows people to play all the latest games uh, from and the uh, all the games from, as you said, Microsoft's library or X, the Xbox library, and you know, playing in such a manner that is easily digestible and uh, it works in the sense that you know people give a game that they are not so sure on uh, a, an opportunity. So let's say, for example, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven Definitive Edition, or S, or whatever the long-ass title is, I can't remember the full title. <laughs> um, I feel like if it came out on the regular Xbox, I don't think if it came out just as a physical and digital game, I don't think it would have had the chance to shine. Whereas on something like an Xbox Game Pass, someone can say, "Oh, I've heard about this Dragon Quest game. Let me just give it a shot." And there, you uh, you are now entering. You now got someone if they like it they will now try out more games so it works uh, for the smaller studios or for the lesser known games or the games that seem a little bit more risky where i feel it might be slightly problematic is i feel like it's devaluing the strength of a lot of their their franchises so let's say the latest gears of war the latest halo the latest um whatever they have from rare let's say perfect dark and all that kind of stuff 
because you man, I know they'll want to make their money from physical and digital copies as well. But people will be thinking, what is the point of buying the game if I can just play it on a Game Pass? So nobody's really going to be buying that thing. And who, does that mean studios themselves are going to lose out on potential more uh, potential earnings? But then again, in this, in that case, in that example, that was Microsoft itself. But what if for the what about the third party? What if what happens when you know people are opting to play their game rather than uh, on Game Pass rather than buy it on uh, the digital storefront or a physical copy of the game? They could lose out on a lot of potential earnings. So it's good for us consumers, but it also could pose a potential problem for for the developers and publishers themselves if they don't find the fine balance know when to put out the new games or when to put it out maybe not put it out from the outset but put it out at a later date so that people can have the time or whatever so the thing with the beauty of our xbox is that look microsoft have always been they've always been trailblazers in this sort of stuff Let's take Xbox Live, for example. When they introduced Xbox Live in, I want to say, 2004, they changed the whole online gaming infrastructure. So much so that Sony and Nintendo, well, Sony had to follow suit, and Nintendo, to a lesser extent, let's be honest, when it comes to Nintendo, uh, the very idea of playing with people that's not in the room with you is they, 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 they capitulate every single time, well, most occasions. So I feel that, there's going to be a little, going to be a little bit of apprehension towards Game Pass because it's still a new form of distribution. It's like for every new form of medium or new form or new way to consume this particular medium, there's always going to be a bit of re, uh, resistance to it. From when we went from VHS to DVDs, people weren't buying DVDs, and I only think DVDs became more popular when things like the PS2 made it a, 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 a an attractive an attractive uh, form of entertainment uh, way to consume entertainment and i feel like microsoft is going the same way what they have done in my opinion is that they've perfected i would say they've perfected it they've perfected it but i feel like they have gotten closer than more than other people have because this is not their first; they're not the first person to. They're not going. They're not going to be the first per, people to do this sort of uh, platform, and they definitely won't be the last. Um, as we were saying before this started, there was OnLive, for example. I remember back in 2012 when I went to Eurogamer Eurogamer convention in uh, the UK. They were giving out free OnLives, and they were saying this is the future of gaming, where all you need is an internet connection and account. And you have access to this massive online uh, library of games. And one of the challenging proposals was that nobody felt like they were really going to own it. And even if you paid, you paid lifetime for lifetime access to it. You could pay for a single game. You could pay for a bundle. You could pay a monthly fee to access a bundle of classic games. But they weren't giving out the the newer games at the time. I think it came out roughly around the PS3 and Xbox 360 era of games. So what had happened it was it was doing well. It, it started off it started off solid, but people started losing interest. And once they said that they were closing the server, boom, just like that, everything you had bought, every, all the money you had spent on that platform just came nothing because you never truly owned the game. Um, I'll give it credit where it's due. It took a brave step to do try something new, but it didn't work out. But 
luckily they have a sort of happy ending in their story with Sony, Sony picking them up and now inc- incorporating them to their PlayStation Now. Now I haven't personally used PlayStation Now myself, so I really can't speak for everybody's experiences. But I believe that they use they're not Sony aren't taking it as seriously because they're already they're just focusing on building the best single player experiences or the best games they can possibly build and pushing out uh, pushing units of their PlayStation Five at this point in time. That's that's my starting thoughts. I know it's a bit of a long explanation, but. That's how I feel about the Game Pass at this point in time. Awesome. Thank you for your thoughts. A very interesting take on Xbox Game Pass. So, Draco Lad, what are your thoughts on Xbox Game Pass? Because you are actually <laughs> an Xbox user that actually owns um, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, right? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. All right. Personally, so, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts? My thoughts, personally, I feel this is actually the best deal in gaming. Why? Because these guys are looking at the average gamer. Not everyone has that money to cough out about 60, let's say 30 to 60 bucks a month for a game. And as you know, games come out every other month. So these guys have looked at the consumer and said, you know what? Let's see how we can make things easier for people. Let's get a list of games as you know, everybody wants to go into cloud gaming now. So these guys want to be the Netflix of of gaming. All right. So they are doing, I feel they are doing a good job. They are helping people. And as Walker92 said, yes, there might be problems at the back end with other studios and whatnot. But I still feel these studios are going to be benefiting in the sense that all right. What Microsoft? What I from things I've read, I th- what Microsoft do? They either buy out, not buy, but take buy the games or the licenses for a time being. And as you know, most games nowadays use microtransactions. So these guys are also benefiting by getting all their DLCs or tiny, tiny microtransactions, and it's also helping those uh, companies so it's I think in a way it's almost like a win-win for them and let's say for example for for the first party games it's I mean all first party games are all Microsoft games so in a way they're not really losing take for example um, Gears of War it comes out day one everyone gets it but now everyone now has to buy for cosmetics, they put in all their microtransactions, so they are still making their money. So um, I I don't really see it as a big... Me personally, I don't really see it as a big issue, but um, other developers, or let's say other companies, um, might find it a problem, other, such as Sony and whatnot. They, of course, they'll see it as a competition. And I'm sure if... Sony wakes up one day and say, you know what, let's do our own version of Game Pass. Trust me, everybody's going to jump on it, especially, or everyone's going to jump on it. Everybody wants to have what Xbox is doing. So it's, it's, it's a great, it's, I feel it's a, it's a great thing for the gaming community. This is going to change how um, the gaming industry is going to, going to look. It's, it's, um, What's the word? What's the word to use? 
it's like a revolution in the gaming industry. So, um, so that's 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 what I feel. That's that's my personal feeling about Game Pass. Well, thanks, Rickaland. So, you know, very interesting uh, take on Xbox Game Pass. And I have a question for both of you, uh, just building on what Rickaland just said. So, what do you think? Um, you know, you said you said that you know if Sony were to do something similar. Um, you know, everybody would jump on it, which is which is actually, you know, I I would I, I would agree if if Sony actually I'll let you I'll ask, I'll ask the question first. Mm-hmm. So given that Sony was the first um, out of the major three right to do mm-hmm. a streaming service that's both downloadable, a subscription service, um, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, why do you think that Xbox Game Pass is experiencing such an amazing success? Um, whilst um, you know, whilst P- PS Now is successful in its own right, it has nowhere near the runaway success that Xbox um, Game Pass has. As I as I said before, do you mind if I? Uh, uh, as I said before, Microsoft Microsoft have the money and they have the infrastructure to do it. Mm-hmm. They they but really do. Have, they have the money, but I don't think <laughs> they can support it the same way the way Microsoft are. And let's be honest, Microsoft. I'm probably coming to that realization that look, yeah, no, Microsoft they 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 have the infrastructure. They've probably thought this out, and I feel like they are the first to realize that maybe because gaming is probably going to go to that stage where people are going to care less about the allegiances which brand they're 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 following, and rather than just try and make Xbox every time. They're just trying to make one massive digital thing and try to make their games as accessible as possible, and I guess that's why it works for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think that's interesting. I I agree because obviously, so I think Sony saw the potential in this when on Live and Gaikai first launched, which is why they purchased both companies. Um, but I think none of them have the technological prowess of Microsoft, right? Microsoft is not just a gaming company. Obviously, it's a technology company with massive servers. They have Microsoft Azure, which is obviously behind the amazing infrastructure from day one. They've mm-hmm. had amazing infrastructure, um, and while PlayStation has made great strides in trying to keep up with that infrastructure and build their own out. Um, ultimately, I don't think it has been enough, even with all their purchases in the past. Um, I believe that, I mean, that's why they're going with Azure, right? I believe the new PSN um, is about to move to Azure. Even, I, I, don't, I don't believe even P- the PS5 as it is now is, going, is on the new infrastructure. I believe they're, going to, they're making a massive overhaul and they're going to be porting um, their new whatever services they're going to be offering to Microsoft Azure because Microsoft has the actual technology. Um, okay, fantastic. I, 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 think, I think there's another reason. Um, I think it's the, like you said, I, I, do think, I do agree that Microsoft has the money to push such a service in such a, an, an appealing way because a lot of people make the sentiment, they feel like it's too good to be true. Right, yeah. it's like day one, such a low price. Yeah. You know everything for like at no extra at no extra cost, getting these things for free. You know it is kind of ridiculous. And when you look at the back end of what's happening, um, I believe it was Destin Legary from IGN on his personal YouTube channel. Yeah. He talked about um, he talked about how the developers are being compensated, and so there's no particular strategy for that. Um, Xbox just works with developers in different ways. Some of them do a, you know, for every download. Some of them say, oh, just pay us the biggest lump of money up, up front. Um, some people do scheduled, you know, timings and whatnot. Um, and so, you know, th- there's there's not there's no defined 
um, way of interacting with the devs just yet. And that to me screams that that is not a, that's not necessarily a profit making business. And I believe even um, Phil Spencer. Yeah, so Phil Spencer even said that obviously profitability for Game Pass is a very long-term vision, right? So, so, yeah, so that means, you know, it's probably a loss-making business. Sony has said that, you know, they've actually commented um, on this and said that they just don't see that as being something that they can do profitably, which is why they've even raised the game, sorry, the pricing of their... um, of their service, right? Of their so of their own first-party studio games. They're now, I think, seventy pounds or what, seventy dollars, right? Seventy pounds, seventy dollars is now the, the pricing. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, 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 so seventy dollars. I think, I think it's actually is this sixty pounds, seventy dollars? Is it? What, what is it? It'll probably be around the range of sixty to sixty-five pounds, but it will be seventy dollars in the yeah. US. Yeah. Yeah, actually no. I think it's actually sixty nine ninety nine. I think I've seen it on the PS five like return all sixty nine ninety nine to pre order. Yeah, I think it's actually seventy seventy pounds. Right? Jesus I think it is. Christ. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's it's an incredibly expensive endeavor. Like, and and to me that's it's actually a big deal because even for 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 myself, I look at that pricing and I just think, man, you know, some of these things would have been day one buys for me. Like, even though it was expensive before, which I considered the former pricing expensive, right? I kind of thought, well, hey, you know, I could, I, I, like, I'm a gamer. I, I'll just push on this. I don't buy games that often. I get a lot of free games on PS Plus anyway. Like, I have a huge library of games that I've never played. Um, and so for me, PS Plus is great value because I just, as, as long as you're not a newcomer, right? Because <laughs> you have this huge library of games in the past. Um, but, you know, that price tag, it just seems, it, it makes me pause. I'm just like, yo, I mean... Will I ever buy a first-party studio game? Unless I really, really, really want it, I doubt I'll be buying first-party studio games that they want anymore. Right? I'm gonna wait for that price to come down. I think one of the you know one of the worrying things that anyway, I think it's an in- inevitability, and uh, I'm just hoping that this this thing comes a lot slower and slower. No, no, it's just that I think the success of Game Pass and the potential, potential, the let's, let's be honest, the uprise of competitors uh, is going to probably spell the end for physical gaming as we know it. Mm-hmm. Let's be well and true. Let's, let's be, let's be well, well and truly. I think this is going to be the, one of the first swords that go into the, the heart of physical gaming as we know it. Um, mm-hmm. Retire it. Uh, you know what? I was a bit upset about it at first, but then again, the reality is like, look, man, all these games take up space. They're just like a collector's item, but like the same way we, we do with DVDs and stuff or movies, I'd rather just have a hard drive that has all the movies I need to watch or mm-hmm. if it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime or HBO Max, I'd just rather just click a button to watch it. I don't need to, I don't need to be wasting space in my house anymore thinking about, oh, where am I going to keep these games? And if you are keeping them, it's probably because you're a collector at that point. That's where I see this sort of stuff <laughs> going. Mm-hmm. So, so let's, that, I mean, I mean, those are, those are really great points. Um, and yeah, you know, personally, I used to be very big on physical collections, but actually since the PS3 era, that was my big, that was my biggest physical collection of games, PS2 and PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I started going digital uh, towards the tel- tail end of PS3. And by the time PS4 came out, I think I only bought maybe five total discs in the PS4 era and the rest of my games are completely digital. Okay. Um, now, 
I have one more question um, just about, okay, so let's, let's move on. Let's move on to another topic. So the, the, another, to- another thing we talked about was looking at the strategies from Sony and Xbox for game preservation. Mm-hmm. Xbox has come out just this past weekend, uh, or this, this past week, rather, um, talking about how you know, their overall strategy for backwards compatibility is to move backwards compatibility to the cloud, something that PS, PS3 did, mm-hmm. right? But um, they're talking about, you know, on, on Game Pass, um, having the entire Xbox catalog back all the way back to the Xbox One on Game Pass, streamable, um, and I presume downloadable? I presume. I'm, I'm, I, can't, I can't be sure on that one. I don't know. Um, they're, saying, they're saying that they want... They want, they want old games new games to be discoverable they want to give um smaller developers and new developers a chance because you know whereas nobody would have bought my game um if i released it uh because i was unknown so not a lot of people take a chance with me but since it's on game pass and have access to such games they can easily highlight them on the the game pass um on the game pass store uh for example on pc you can go to the xbox app and you'll just have like some merchandising there and you know people try the game that they've never tried before and they say it's good for you know um a developer uh, is it good for developers in that way but yeah so what do you think about that approach and do you think that sony is do you think that sony is kind of forgetting developers and do you think that sony is also kind of forgetting older games and kind of not really caring about the legacy of video games um game preservation is a very 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 tricky subject and I can see where Microsoft is saying all of this. I think they they will be able to preserve all their own first-party games. But what about all the third-party things? There are a lot of games that uh, contain elements. Um, I guess I'm just talking as a former intellectual property lawyer, but uh, there are so many elements that make a game. It's just not the code itself. What about the music? What about the property the game is based on? The key example I like to think about is the whole Scott Pilgrim versus the World debacle. Yeah. Yeah, when it came out on PS3 and Xbox 360, everybody was praise, singing his praises, but there was no physical edition of it. And once the license had run out, Ubisoft didn't renew the license. The game had just disappeared from the ether, never to be heard again until the beginning of this year where they renewed the license just to make the ultimate edition. So, I mean, I see where they're coming from with the whole preservation thing. Maybe it's easier to preserve the game's first-party games, but everything else is going to be a, a lot of a tough, is a lot tougher because let's say I'm going to talk about licensed properties, for example. Uh, properties like Marvel, James Bond, all of these, they all switch hands once oh. their license is done. Once upon a time, EA had the rights to all the James Bond game. Activision had the rights to it. Now, it's now with IO. Are they going to tell them that? Are they going to, man, do you know the legal, the hurdles they're going to have to jump through to get those type of games back? That will allow them to make those type of games or re-release those type of games again. I mean, you must have heard about what happened with the GoldenEye 007 HD, for example. Yes, 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 exactly. Uh, what that was that? Was, Could you give me a clear GoldenEye 007, the N64 game, the cult classic game that uh, it was very close to being on Xbox Live, a live HD port, a HD port of it. it was very, very, very close to hitting the Xbox Live arcade store. But apparently, Nintendo, who had the rights to the code to the game or something at the time, I don't know how they got it, and I don't yeah. know how they had it, basically at the last 11th hour said, nah, 
we don't want this. Forget about it. We don't want to do this anymore. And boom, anything, all of that, all of that, that just stopped. But the the code of the game, the ROM of the the code, the ROM of the game has been dumped online, so people can still experience what was meant to be. That sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. And that's quite interesting because I believe Microsoft bought Rare, who developed the game. But I exactly. guess there was some kind of contract between Rare yeah. and Nintendo. Yeah. So it was now an awkward uh, situation there. Like, who actually owns yeah. the rights to GoldenEye 64? Rare were just, they were just stuck in the middle. Like, oh, what are we going to do now? That kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when it, when it comes to... Oh, sorry, Draco. Do you have any thoughts on um, on the game preservation game discussion? Preservation, yeah. It's, I mean, it's like just to add, add to what um, Walker said. It's it's a key thing into games, but of, like I said, there are going to be a lot of issues, especially with third party games. So that's that's just a problem. Licenses, uh, getting them back on the store. It's it's to be a mess in the long run. But everybody, everyone wants to have their games in the library. Everybody wants to have that nostalgia uh, feeling, you know, so with first part Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, well, I'm just talking about the property itself. What about if the game uses licensed music? You're going to have to reach out to right. Yeah, you have to reach out to all those guys. Like I said, the copyright is going to be, it's going to be a mess. So that if it's a first party game, it's going to be easy. But third party games is just going to be trying to reach out, trying to, you know, cross your I's, your T's and whatnot. So everybody wants to present their games, you know? Everybody wants to, but... It's like there's Sonic the Hedgehog 3, you know? Like, let's say, for some example, Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Mm -hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2 and Sonic CD has been ported to God knows how many systems at this point. But you ever notice that you don't really see re-releases of Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles that often? And that's partly because there's some legal debacle about the music surrounding yeah. music. There's all mm-hmm. discussions about that Michael Jackson composed some of the music for the game. Now, uh, imagine if you want right. to release it. You're going to have to write to Michael Jackson's estate. Jackson's, so Michael Jackson's estate, yeah. Yeah, guess. that you want to re-release the game. And my God, you, huh. <laughs> God knows what the estate charges to use his music. True. Exactly. So those are, those are elements you need to consider when... They're talking about game preservation. Everybody wants to preserve their games. But once mm-hmm. licenses run out, all of this stuff run out, uh, it's like Sakurai. He said he could almost, he almost wasn't able to get Cloud into Smash Bros. because of uh, Square just being like, nah, we don't want you to use our license or anything like that. And then again, you have to defend, talk about how protective that person is. They'd rather just want to keep it. Oh, and they're not happy having it elsewhere. There's so many elements when it comes to preservation. I like their optimism. I know that I feel like they will go far with it, but oh, there are going to be some key third-party games that unfortunately are going to get lost in the ether. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's inevitable. Yeah. That's inevitable. Yeah. Right? But, um, but, but, but at least they're trying, right? Mm-hmm. And so what do you think about Sony? Sony, on the other hand, they're, they're shutting down the PS3 store. They're shutting down the PS Vita store. There are people who still make PS Vita games still today who just found out really? suddenly that the Vita store is, is shutting down. Know. Yes. I didn't know Vita games were still being made. There are people that... 
Yeah, video games are still being made. People, there are indie developers that make video games like an indie heaven, and and you know, Vita has a cult following, right? The people who who play in, in um, video games still today because there's just so many indie gems um, on PS Vita, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a it wasn't like a big AAA bus, blockbuster type portable like mm-hmm. the PSP was or like um, the DSs were, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, over time, it's become a, a cult classic for uh, indie developers, the people who. Um, there was a Destin Nagari again was talking about how some people had made a game for the PS Vita, and they just thought, okay, well, might as well make it for the Switch as well, right? And they just released their game only to find out that the store is about to be closed in the on the Vita. And if they hadn't decided to release on the Switch as well, then they would have lost all revenue for that game. Yeah. But the whole Sony situation. I've always felt that they've had they've had a so-so stance on uh, backwards compatibility since the PlayStation Three, and I don't know some I don't know it always felt like Sony or some of that stuff. And I think part of it is that the rationale of them cutting all of that stuff out is because man, we're spending too much money maintaining this PlayStation Three, PSP, PS Vita uh, online storefronts. Why, why, why need to keep them when people are just doing it on the PS4 and the PS5 and now, for now? And I, here's why I'll praise uh, Microsoft. I, I love that uh, to a certain degree they've man, they've been able to keep this level of continuity between yeah. Yeah. Uh, Series uh, Xbox One and Series X, and I feel like that's what's going to go on, continue happening. It's the same thing with Nintendo. Uh, they had Virtual Console, the Wii Virtual Console was way more superior than the Wii U Virtual Console because of the, the selection they, of games they had at that point. Mm-hmm. They were getting games like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Konami Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games. They were getting all these yeah. games. Uh, now, they can barely get those type of games anymore. Nintendo are having a hard time trying to convince people to put like uh, Mega Man's 1 to 6 on their NES online service or X1 to X3, Mega Man X1 to 3 on their SEN, uh, SNES online platform, uh, online uh, service for the Switch, and all that kind of stuff. And I like that Microsoft have been able to be continuous. They've been able to, to maintain this whole Xbox family. Uh, when they say Xbox is a family of systems, they really do mean it. Yeah. No, right, right, exactly. Yeah. Hundred percent agree. Like uh, Xbox is really embracing that whole game play anywhere. Um, you know, Xbox, you Xbox know, is Xbox everywhere. Xbox it's no longer just the box. It's it's every, it's literally everywhere, right? Play everywhere, whatever you want, however you want, and you know, just pay one free. And it's actually an amazing, um, it's actually an amazing dream. And Microsoft is the kind of company that can do it. So like. Uh, you know, I I, I, I I fully support Game Pass. Um, I don't think it's necessarily bad for the industry, but I do think it is going to change the industry forever. Um, and I, like you said, Walker, that's that's just something some people um, are, are always kind of apprehensive about a change or a shift to what they're used to. You know, we used to buy our own games, physical games. We own them. We like them. Um, you know, for example, I mean, Game Pass, for example, like you said, you're not going to own those games. Um, like I ran into an issue today. I, I booted up Xbox Game Pass on my on my laptop um, because I, I have it there so that I can play uh, on a go for travel or anything. And I don't, I can't take obviously I can't take my big desktop computer with me. Um, I don't always want to carry like a PS5 around or whatever it is. Um, so I do have a, a laptop that has Xbox Game Pass on it. 
And I was like, oh yeah, does this game I downloaded, Darksiders 3? Let me finally check it out. Because um, obviously I don't have time to, to play all the games whenever I want. And so I loaded it up and I was just like, yeah, you no longer have access to this anymore. Uh, Darksiders 3 has left Xbox Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's this? Right, so that... Which was on Game Pass? Three, three, four months? If I can remember correctly. Yeah, so I mean, it, I think... Every game has a particular period when they are supposed to be on Game Pass. So, I mean, it's understandable. So, they give you the chance that if you really do like the game, yeah, sure, you can go ahead and buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So, that's what that's what Game Pass does. That's, that's the same thing with uh, Outriders. I'm sure Outriders is going to be on Game Pass for like two, three months. Once that expires, if you really enjoy the game, after all the grinding you've done, Go buy the game. The same thing with GTA Five and uh, Red Dead. Everyone was shocked when those two games came got on Game Pass, but those games were only on Game Pass for like a month each. Mm, you get right, and, right, and right. GTA Five, get... GTA Five Online. Most people play GTA Five for, just for online, and once yeah. and you know it was off Game Pass. The amount of people that bought the game skyrocketed. Yeah, so right, right. they they kind of know what they're doing. You get, yeah. So. And to be fair, I believe that they give you a limited period of time where you can buy the game at a much reduced price exactly. if, if you had it on Game Pass, right? So, exactly. I mean, that is an interesting strategy. I think those are some of the modalities people... Like, it's a, it's a really complicated uh, thing. At, at, at a surface level, it, it seems quite simple, but it's not as simple as people think. But like, mm-hmm. like you said, regardless, it is a good thing for the industry. Whether you have people to try games, and if you like it, you buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a whole lot going on there. So um, the last the last thing for uh, last topic for the evening before we shut before we sorry before we close um, the show, um, we got some interesting news. Um, was it yesterday or to? Yeah, I think it was yesterday. But that MLB the Show, a PlayStation Studios first party game, is coming to Xbox Game Pass day one. That's some crazy news. So, oh, this, this, this now, is new to me. I'm just hearing it for the first time. <laughs> yeah. <Are you> serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, serious. Yeah, right. so that, that, that was just announced yesterday uh, on the Xbox blog and obviously also on the PlayStation, um, not PlayStation blog, but MLB, the show website. Um, fully owned by Sony. That, I think, is that Santa Monica Studio that makes that? Um, I'm not sure. I think. Yeah, so. No, it can't be Santa Monica Studio. Hold on, let me double check that. So the Monica Studio is God of War Studio, right? Yeah. Uh, let's just double check. Uh, San Diego Studio, sorry. Santa Monica, San Diego, sorry, my bad. That's the San Diego Studio. Sony's um, fully owned by Sony, so it's not like a second-party studio like um, in, like Insomniac was previously when they made um, uh, what's this what's this game called? Uh, uh, Sunshine something. Um, well, I've even forgot the name of the game. Um, Sunset Overdrive. Yeah, Sunset Overdrive, yeah, Overdrive, right. exactly, right. So it's not that situation. This is this is a this is a first party situation where um, Sony owns it 100. percent It's going to Xbox Game Pass day one but, right away. But here's my here's my take on it. Whilst it's big news, you got to remember it's a sports game, and uh, this might set a mm-hmm. very very big precedent very soon because that means I don't know if is FIFA is FIFA on uh, Game Pass. Yep. Yes, it is. Okay, fair enough. Okay, it's on Game Pass. another big sports franchise is on uh, on uh, on Game Pass. I'll mm-hmm. tell you this now. Imagine if something like an NBA 2K gets to Game Pass. Uh, that's, it that's is game. On game Pass. Well, which one? The, how? 
NBA 2K. <laughs> 2K. NBA, yeah. NBA 2K 20 and 21. They're both on Game Pass. Oh, really? 21? Okay. Well, then again, yeah, they, must realize they must make more money from the microtransactions than the actual, like, people buying the actual game first. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, speaking from, speaking, speaking about that, it just means that Microsoft have made the first step in, you know, get, everybody, all the fans think, oh, no, that can't happen. That's a Sony thing. That's this, this, mm-hmm. that. But then again, you got to remember, MLB, the show is on other systems as well mm-hmm. so i think this is just yeah. natural this is a natural thing it's like microsoft they allow they've allowed copper to appear on other systems they've allowed minecraft to appear on other systems in fact minecraft is on anything that moves at this point <laughs> true right so true. i guess it's natural but i don't think i think it's just going to be i would say this would be the exception for sony but i think it's something that strategically makes sense for Sony because it's a sports game. Agreed. I think I think it's like definitely because it is one, it's the first year MLB the show is is gonna be on multiple platforms, right? Uh, every year before it's been strictly on Sony platforms. They're expanding it to Xbox. Um, there are a lot of baseball fans um, that are not just Sony fans. Um, sports games tend to be cross-platform, do very well cross-platform. Um, everybody on every platform wants to get them. And you know, obviously Xbox is an American gaming console. Uh, baseball is an American pastime. But a lot of Americans that love Xbox as an American console, it makes no sense to cut out all those people um, who are just going to stand X- Xbox anyway. So, you know, putting on Game Pass is an amazing business decision because a lot of people get to try it out right away, uh, day one. And that expands the reach, especially for reaching out to a new platform, a first-party studios game. And, you know, there's a lot of talk on the internet about, you know, ha, 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 you know, a PlayStation Studios game going on, um, Xbox Game Pass, they must be mad. Mm -hmm. But actually, I think it's actually a really smart thing to do. Um, And I think that, um, yeah, yeah, it shows me one thing, right? When a business is good, you know, we, we there's the fans that fight over Xbox and Sony. Honestly right? speaking, it's the fans. <laughs> yeah, you know they're they're just like business is good. Sony, Sony and Microsoft are working together in many areas. <laughs> you know the new PSN is going to be on Microsoft Azure. They've put you know they're making they're made their studios making uh, games for um, Xbox. Uh, is putting a game on Xbox and, and it's going on Xbox Game Pass, and they're bringing more PlayStation first-party uh, titles to PC. It's just good business sense from Sony, and it's the fans who have this kind of you know fanboyish kind of like arguments like oh, Sony or Microsoft <laughs> that are creating all this turmoil. But those companies don't care. People are making their money. They're hitting their targets. My God, they're yeah. thinking there's a lot of food to go around for everybody. So what is everybody? Yeah. Why is everybody? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know why fans really take it so personal. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction. Um, I believe that Sony is going to re- reintroduce the PlayStation Network and the PS Now service once they've finished their Azure. This is a prediction. This is not news, everybody. This <laughs> is a prediction. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure that they're going to have... Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not sure if, if there's going to be uh, Xbox Game Pass um, type of uh, strategy, but they're going to have a new strategy. Um, I don't know if they're going to roll everything up, you know, into one. Um, but you know, Sony, Sony, Sony is—they have their numbers. Um, they they have their own data. 
that we don't have access to. We have our emotions, basically, as fans. Um, and that's what we kind of kind of lean on to. Uh, I remember using that sense, we generally as fans, um, not necessarily us in this podcast. But I, 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 yeah, go ahead. I think what it is is why Sony haven't rushed so far so soon or they haven't, you know, in a rush to adopt it because they feel that their strategy already, their, their, their own current strategy or their current trajectory is already works for them. Uh, yep. um, you think about it, the build-up to the release of Xbox Series X and uh, and PS5. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, or maybe it's just my own personal uh, social media feeds and stuff like that, but I felt people were making more jokes about, oh, girlfriends getting them PS5s, uh, or buying, talking about PS5, PS5, PS5 had a bigger appearance in the news, or it had a bigger news coverage than everybody sure. else and uh, obviously it shows that everybody is sticking with the brand but it's only that that thing can only last so long and mm-hmm. once people realize okay xbox do this or that i think what will draw people really really over to xbox uh it, it kind of sounds like the whole console war stuff is just that at the end of the day what draws people's to a particular system it's the it's the it's the games the unique experiences that they offer what xbox mm-hmm. are doing is they are still creating these unique experiences but yep. they're not limiting you to one platform or one system they're they are giving you a myriad of ways to play it you can be playing it on yep. your phone who knows someone will be crazy enough to work will put x cloud on the fridge for you know no, it's just that they're offering more ways to play that. And I think they're no longer thinking about Xbox and systems. They're just thinking about it in yeah. just one, one brand. This is not a, yeah. a, a I, system. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, th- I think, I think Sony like dipped their waters in it, but a bit conservative, you know, they're kind of like, let's grow this slowly. And Eric's also just like, you know what, if we're going to do this, let's do it. And they leaned in, you know, and they like, let's, let's, let's not, let's not be, let's not be, let's not just do these kind of like small dipping our toe in. Like, think about it. Sony's been doing things like, you know, um, PS Now is now on PC, it's on phone, it's on, it's on your phone. Like they have, they actually have very similar services on either side, right? But Xbox just went all in and says, you know what, we're getting, this is the experience. We're, 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 we're building, we're building what we think you guys will, will love and need. And we're, we're doing the whole thing like fully fully um, easily accessible and we're just giving you a lot of uh, quality of life you know kind of features as well so for example while sony is focusing on the games um maxos is focusing on access to games as many games as possible right and then while sony is like yeah you know the games will sell the systems which is true uh, Microsoft is like, oh, we got games. It might not be your first party. It might not be our exclusives, but we got a bunch of games, easily accessible. And then, you know, that ease of access even goes into the ecosystem. So if I'm playing on any system, smart delivery is just amazing. Like people are already complaining about that experience on PS5, whereby it's like, why do I have the option to download? Like, I understand that it's a PS5 and I can download a PS4 version if, if I want. But if a PS5 version of the game exists, why is the PS4 version there? Right? Smart delivery just gives you the best... Um, Smart delivery just gives you the best you know, version of the game for your console, yeah. uh, whatever console you're on, whatever platform you're on. And then also, you know, you get your saves. You just load up your game. You don't have to download your saves. Sony, you have to go into your settings, download your save files for the games that you want that you just downloaded to your system. What's, it's like, why? Just, down, like, just, just download it. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, 
Oh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's all those quality of, of life things. So, you know, I think uh, Sony is about, you know, building really high quality games themselves. You know, they, they, you know, PlayStation Studios and all that stuff. Microsoft still got that studios, but, but they're just thinking, let's make it easier for people to access these games rather than just wanting that. Like how many games, when, when, when I actually had time to play games, all I can think about was how many times I'd be like, man, look at all these games. I got six, I got, I got, I got no, I got 60 pounds. Right. Mm-hmm. Three games were just released. They're all great. I had the time then. I was in university. Which game do I buy? I had to make, I had to make a choice. And Xbox is like, but man, why do you have to make that choice? Here's Xbox Game Pass. Play all of them. Hmm. And then the last, the, the people that are going to be obviously late to the party as per usual are going to be Nintendo. They're just... <laughs> Honestly, I don't think we're doing any kind of services like this. We're keeping in a buck. Why not? I don't see them doing things like this. Once, yeah. I mean, making a Nintendo game is quite expensive. One, because, I mean, look at the cartridges. The cartridges are still, for example, Super Smash Brothers, it's still about 50 bucks. And how old is that yeah. game? They just never, they just never, never reach the price of their games. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. In the market as well. well. I think making those games are pretty expensive. I mean, mm-hmm. compressing yeah. more data into a tiny thing, I'm sure it has to be so expensive. So, I mean, I mean they, what, they're doing still, what they're doing still works for them. But the yeah, question is, yeah. So, I mean, they already have their fans. So, how long are they, can yeah. they keep this up? That's another <laughs> question. That's the question. Yeah. That's the question. Yeah. You know, I think that those are some interesting topics that we can probably discuss later. Um, but for now, I think it's time to end the show. Um, thank you guys for joining me. It's been a really interesting conversation. I really enjoyed hearing your perspectives um, about Xbox Game Pass uh, in a more balanced conversation than, let's say, our last podcast episode. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, really, I really think Xbox Game Pass is good, and I'm like, I'm looking to, I'm looking forward to the future to see what else is going to happen. Yeah, same here, man. Same here. We're looking forward. The future to is it. bright. The future is green. <laughs> yes, it is. Alright, so this is Amaterasus signing off. Focus Thank 9 2, over and out. Over and out. Thanks for listening to our podcast, guys. Don't forget to subscribe. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at JoystixNG. That's J O Y S T I X N G. We also make awesome YouTube videos. You can check out our channel, Traces Entertainment. We have tons of content up and more coming every single week. Check out our unboxing and first impressions video of the Xbox Series X. Subscribe there too, so you don't miss any of the exciting stuff we've got coming your way and see you in the next one.